court finds that both of these killings were indeed heinous, atrocious, and cruel, and that they were extremely wicked, shockingly evil, vile, and the product of a design to inflict a high degree of pain and utter indifference to human life. This court, independent of, but in agreement with, the advisory sentence rendered by the jury does hereby impose the death penalty upon the defendant, Theodore Robert Bundy. Take care of yourself, young man. Thank you. All right, I'll say that to you sincerely. Take care of yourself. It's a tragedy for this court to see it's such a total waste, I think, of humanity that I've experienced in this court. You're a bright young man. You made a good lawyer. I'd love to have you practice in front of me. You went another way, partner. Take care of yourself. I don't have any animosity to you. I want you to know that. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the, the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to, I guess it's a hype episode, even though it wasn't a wide release movie. So this would technically be hype episode five. But in this episode, we are going to be going through extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Which You got the name down. I do. (laughs) I have it down now. I still can't. watch if I mess it up. That's it though, right? Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's it. This is the new Ted Bundy movie starring Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of controversy before this even came out because people were like, oh, why are you putting, you know, you're romanticizing and sexualizing and making yeah. him attractive? And it's like, but that's but what he was. That's what Ted Bundy was. Exactly. That was how he lured so many women. Exactly. And I think that if you're into horror and into darker things, serial killers kind oh, of come along with exactly. that. And so a lot of you probably know quite a bit about Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, he confessed to... At least 30 murders, but experts believe that it was way more than that. Yeah, I mean, he was confessing as they were getting ready to kill him. So there's no way we have all of them. Exactly. Like the day of Mm -hmm. or the day before. They were, detectives were coming in trying to close their cases. As they were walking him to die, he was like, hey, there's another one. Yeah, and across several states, the Pacific Northwest, Colorado, Utah, yeah. probably California, Florida. Like, And he made a trail from Washington to Florida, so I'm sure a lot of those states in between just didn't make connections that they needed to. Exactly. Or like, what if when he left Colorado... And he bailed. Like, how many people did he kill on his trip down to Florida? Exactly. There's so many more. Exactly. So we're just going to go through. If you've seen any, like the Ted Bundy tapes that Netflix did, for example, Mm -hmm. before they got this one, it's pretty much that just is as a movie portrayal instead of like real footage and interviews and accounts. This is actually based on Elizabeth's book. What you have read. I have read it. I own it. Shout out to my friend Aaron. He bought this for Christmas for me, and he spent a lot of money on it at the time, and it means a lot to me, and it meant a lot to me to the point where I didn't even move it to Colorado because it's, like, in plastic in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't touch it. Any, like, I read it, and, and I put it away. Now it's It's going for, like, 2000 and That's upwards crazy. on eBay. I'll never sell it. Mm-hmm. That's But it's... I'm so glad that... Somebody loved me enough to get me (laughs) that book because it is one of my prized possessions. So thank you, Aaron. I know you're listening. 
and it's really good. And this movie stayed very true to Elizabeth. I mean, it's they didn't take a lot of creative liberty because you can't. First of all, it's real court case. This is real mm-hmm. dialogue that they just dramatized for the movie. And it's her account of what happened. And she, by all accounts, has not lied about this. Yeah. So It's really cool how through this whole thing, like we all know what Ted Bundy did. But through the whole movie, he constantly has you going, maybe they are setting him up. Mm-hmm. There's no, no real proof until the very end, like the last scene. And then, and then he says it and you're like, oh, shit. That's why Zac Efron was, I think, such a good pick. Because our friend Kayla watched us with us and she will not watch horror mm-hmm. or gory or scary or um, killer th- type things. But she loves him so much. And she yeah. was afraid this was going to taint that because he was such an yeah. evil man. But he just did such a good job of playing that good guy Bundy that everyone until all this started coming out, really, truly thought that he was other than the cops and, you know, but everyone that had ever met him was like, there's no way it's him. Absolutely no way. Help me. I'm fascinated with the serial killers. I know all the stuff that he's done. I'm like, oh my God, he's a sick monster. And watching this, I'm like, holy shit, now I understand. Maybe he he was set up and then no. But yeah, and or you could sympathize with the, the women that he lured. Yes. And you can sympathize with the, I mean... Carol Ann that married him she truly she did it wasn't like the woman that married Charles Manson after he was locked up and confessed like she truly thought that he was innocent yes and if she didn't I think that it was very deep down well as soon as she found out for positive when he started confessing to these murders she was like oh shit I'm out yeah exactly how stupid and you know ridiculous did she feel she went to bat for him against the press and the entire nation I mean that's terrible but at the same time i don't know it's just it's hard to blame her because he was such a master manipulator Mm -hmm. and he used his good looks and his charm and his intelligence to do all of these things yeah that's why he was successful at doing all these things until the veil was lifted can i ask just a thought-provoking question because i don't know what i would do probably something terrible to myself but if you were this woman who found out years later That Ted Ted Bundy not only killed these women, but also he was a necrophiliac. Yeah. And then it's crude to think of, but he came home and had sex with you. Yeah. I would never date anybody ever again, first of all, ever. It'd be scary too, yeah. Sex would just be completely off the table. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And what, my mind just goes and it's horrible, but what like potential diseases could she have? It depends on how yeah what was still living as far as the cells. That's scary to think of. Dating's scary. That's that. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to walk through this movie like we usually do, but it's not going to be very detailed because, again, this movie is, I'm sure most of you have seen this because it just went gangbusters. Mm -hmm. Like gangbusters. It's everywhere. Yeah. So I'm sure most of you have seen it, but it'll be more of like a talk about just being able to watch the portrayal of these things that we already knew. I'm really hoping just right off the bat, Mm -hmm. God, I hope that this is up for something Oscar season because he did fucking amazing. I know it's, I don't, it wasn't a horror movie, but it's not a horror movie. It's a drama, but it's about a serial killer. I don't know. Yeah. But if it only went to festivals and straight to Netflix, I mean, I know Roma. I was going to say Roma like broke the mold. So maybe now that we have a big name on a Netflix thing, maybe people are going to be like, do it. I think it'll definitely win awards. We'll see how far it it goes. Yeah. I think it'll be nominated for things. Definitely. 
So it starts with Liz, who was his fiance, visiting him in jail. And you don't get a lot of context here of what's going on, where we are in this story. Yeah, what time frame we're in. Exactly. And it cuts back and forth between them meeting in the bar the night they met and talking in the prison. Fast back and forth, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you're almost not able to... Keep up with it. Yeah. He's, of course, a sweet talker, and they dance romantically that night they met, and she takes him home immediately. And the sitter comes out of the house, and she's like, you know, oh, I have a kid. He's going to leave because Mm -hmm. that's what's happened. She's a young mom, and he doesn't. He's the perfect man. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Because she's his perfect cover. Exactly. And they just lay in bed, and they basically just cuddle. There's no, mm-hmm. like, crazy sex or anything. And Which then, I agree with you. How can you be so intimate with someone you just met? You must really need it. Yeah, true. And he doesn't Being really. lonely. If, let's just say he truly is a psychopath, then he is just playing a part anyways. That's true. Making it doesn't you feel mean as anything to as him. To. Exactly. And this movie really makes you feel like he wasn't a psychopath and there was just something wrong with him. Like, a lot of people think about Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that they're, they're not complete psychopaths just as far as the definition goes. But I think that was his whole thing. I think he truly was. Yes, absolutely. And he was just – that was just his shtick, you know. What he needed as a cover to be this predator was this family and it was perfect. And to keep her happy, he had to play that supportive, mm-hmm. doting man and also father figure to her child. Mm-hmm. And she wakes up in the next day and she freaks out because she realized she fell asleep and her kid's not in its, it's bed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God. But then Ted's in there, like, making breakfast for the kid. And he said, you look so pretty sleeping and – and then it's home videos of them together. So it really flies through their lives together quickly. Yeah, it really Because does. it's getting to the meat of the Most story, of it is if like you will. like the trial and stuff. Exactly. And so it, it shows home videos of them at Christmas and birthdays and the kid and him playing. And it's just all this sweet stuff that every person, most people, I think, that's the perfect family situation yeah. scenario. Everything you could want. Supportive husband, supportive wife. Like, they never got officially married, but doting father. He was very attentive. He was going to law school, like, setting them up for success. They were dreaming about a house and the sound with a dog and all this stuff. That's just literally textbook American dream. I do want to bring up one thing that they actually didn't touch in the movie, and I'm kind of happy they didn't, but also it it would have shown a little bit more to you. She actually got pregnant while they were together, and it doesn't talk about that in this. And Ted Bundy actually forced her to get an abortion, Mm -hmm. and that was actually a huge point of contention with them. And I wish they would have brought it up because it wouldn't have seemed so perfect, but also then the movie would have been different and it wouldn't have seemed like the perfect man. And it would have had to have – I think it also would have had to have dwelled on that a little bit more. Then it cuts to audio of someone saying they knew who he was and what kind of car he drives. And then he gets pulled over. So we're already starting. Mm -hmm. And he's playing nice with the cop and he's getting pulled over in Granger, Utah, says he's a law student about to propose to his girlfriend. But the cop sees like some tape and some bags and some suspicious stuff in the back seat and arrests him. And then it cut to Liz's house and she he comes home after being arrested and she's read about this and heard about this mm-hmm. and he just walks in the front door and she just slaps the shit out of him and confronts him with the newspaper mm-hmm. headlines that she's got in front of her and then it cuts to the police station and a would-be victim identifies him in a lineup and then it cuts back to the house and he's promising like i said a place in the sound and playing with liz's daughter and he's making it hard for her 
to think that these things could be true. Exactly. Because she sees this man that is so good and patient and loving and supportive and everything that a woman needs or any person needs emotionally. And how can this be true about this Mm -hmm. man that I share my bed with and I share my life with and I share my child with? You know, even though he's not the biological father, he has taken on the, the role of her dad. So they are at a diner together later and he tells Liz she only picked him out of a lineup because they planted it in her head. Mm-hmm. So he's starting this whole setup story and it cuts to him in a, the university library studying and he's like making flirty eyes at this girl and, you know, being charming where he's really scouting for victims. Yes. But the girl sees his face in the papers that's next to her and she leaves and i'm super glad she i'm so she proud was so of her. smart yeah i was like oh god she's just gonna leave and then he's gonna take someone else mm-hmm. but she didn't she totally she's like security go get him exactly and then it cuts to liz back home going through his stuff and then back at the library a security guard kicks him out because that girl said something yes which is so smart mm-hmm. say something do something exactly because it's just gonna if you think that you know something or your gut's telling you something you're probably right Mm -hmm. so it's better for someone to get kicked out and be mad about it and be innocent than to not kick out the the guilty you know i mean serial killers are just proof that people don't listen to their guts enough exactly because we all want to be polite i wouldn't Mm -hmm. exactly i'm I'm the girl that would want to help like in the silence of the lambs or in this case when he you know, it's cutting ahead a little bit, but he is like, oh, my arm is hurt. My arm is hurt. I need help. I would be the person to go help and get killed. Mm-hmm. That would just be me. And that's something I know about myself. So yeah. I try to avoid those situations at all cost <laughs> or pretend I don't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> and a car that he thinks has been following him. So he le- uh, like it's he goes out, you know, he's kicked out of the library and he sees this car that he thinks has been following him and it drives off quickly after he confronts it. Yeah. And he's back in bed with Liz, and he says, I think we should get married. And then they kiss and stuff. So things are starting to heat up for him. So he's, he's like, like, checking her out with the flashlight or something under the bed. Yeah, he says he's reading, but he's, like, looking at her body, like, I'm going to cut that up. Like, That's fucking not in, like, a sexual, shit. like, in admiration. Well, it was an admiration, but it was a, not the kind of admiration <laughs> that your husband should look at you with. Yeah. <laughs> but things are heating up for him, so he's like, what do I do? What do I do? Get married. That's the next thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh... First of all, she doesn't have to testify against me if we're married. Exactly. Secondly, a loving husband and father is a lot harder to pin these murders on than just some law student. Exactly. So that's his next move. And then it cuts to a Salt Lake courthouse, and he's talking to his attorney about the connections being made between the murders and to him. And then it cuts to the victim testimony in court about her holding a gun to her head and threatening her. And she points to Ted as her attacker. And then she's being cross-examined, and she basically says the cops coached her on what to say. Yeah. So she ruins the case there. But, well, she the cops did. She was a true victim. Yeah, which is interesting to me that they still take Ted into custody, even though she fucked it all up because of the cops. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they would have. Yeah. I'm and surprised she, he didn't get away. She just admits to identifying Ted because law enforcement wanted her to. Mm-hmm. And so he gets off. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to them shopping for a dog together. So he's starting to put this plan in place. Marriage, kid, house, dog, white picket fence, all of it. Mm -hmm. And they run into a woman named Carol Ann. And Carol Ann and Ted used to work with each other. And you can tell immediately that she's really into him. Mm -hmm. And it's making Liz uncomfortable because she's like, what's her story? Yeah, it's creepy. And why would she just be at a shelter getting a dog and not leave with a dog or... Like, what does she do? I don't know. It's yeah, just that weird. Was, why is she... In, wait, she said she was visiting someone. Yeah, right? or something, but... I, 
She's just following him. I think I'm assuming that's the car that's been following him. Uh, yeah, it could be. It does bitch. Yeah. You and, don't know. You don't find out. Right. And she says, everyone is 100% behind you, Ted. We know you didn't have anything to do with these crimes. So she's also bringing that up. So mm-hmm. she's like supporting him from afar, I guess, because she loves him, I guess. And they kneel down to see a dog, and he says, promise you'll never leave me, Liz. And she says, I will never. So he's also setting her up for guilt trip Mm -hmm. when this shit goes down. And they're looking at this Rottweiler, and it's looking real sweet at Liz. And she's like, oh, my God, he's so sweet. And then as soon as Ted bends down, it starts growling and barking and whimpering at him. And, of course, they're confused. This was a little too cinematic for me Mm -hmm. because dogs have a good sense. But usually if they don't like you... I, I guess maybe it just seemed a little like he's not an actual demon, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. My dog, uh, my dog's, my pug loves everyone and my pit loves everyone too, but my pit's a little more, she'll just cower mm-hmm. if she thinks that somebody's bad news. Yeah. So back at home, Liz and Ted are flirting and touching and drinking and they get all sexy and they just start destroying the house. They're get, like drunk and Lamps are falling off shit and stuff's falling off the walls because they're just like they're making out. They're purposefully just dropping wine glasses on the floor. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and I guess this is to show that he was just having like normal couple fun with her. But as a normal couple, do you break shit? No, just but for I don't fun? really get drunk. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe if that's like. Maybe if you were drunk, you'd just It's Saturday break shit night fun. and we're going to break shit. <laughs> And then cuts to a courtroom. Oh, actually, before it cuts to the courtroom, she's, like, laying on the bed in her bra, like, laughing and waiting for him. And he is just, like, staring at her. Mm-hmm. And as someone who knows him, you're like, ooh. Yeah. He just wants to kill her. Like, I'm sure some primitive part of him does, did care about her. But it's more of the care of, like, how you care about something that's valuable as, like, a thing. Exactly. Not like a person. The thing that's helping you survive to do what you want right now. Exactly. And then it cuts to a courtroom and he is uh, guilty of aggravated kidnapping. And he tells Liz not to give up on him and as he's being taken into custody and she says that she won't. And he goes to prison. And he calls Liz and says he filed an appeal and has been working on it and everything will be okay. And then this detective comes in and his name is Mike Fisher. This detective actually called Liz at her work. It goes back and forth between Liz being called by him at work and him visiting Ted Bundy in prison. And Ted's attorney basically, so when he goes in, he's baiting Ted. He's like poking the bear Mm -hmm. basically. And then Ted's attorney comes in and says, you were being baited and they're extraditing you for murder because states in the surrounding areas have made connections and Colorado's going to get you next. So then it cuts to Colorado 1977. And it cuts to Liz drinking very heavily and smoking in front of a friend. And she tells her it's a mistake. It's not him. She's just trying to defend Ted. And her friend is trying to make her open her eyes. So this has escalated very quickly. Yes. And Liz tells her friend to leave. She's like, I think you need to get out. And I get it. Somebody that you love is being accused of these horrific, Mm -hmm. inhumane, just atrocities to human beings. And you love him. And your friend is like, dude, he's a killer. Mm-hmm. You don't see it because you love him. And she's just like, get out, which I, I get. But also a good friend is going to be like, I can't help you support this murderer. You need to be yeah. careful, you know. She's later sitting in the bathtub with the just water running over her and sobbing. So, you know, one, obviously it's hard 
knowing if you truly believe he's innocent, that's difficult enough. But you kind of get the sense that she is starting to believe she she believes that mm-hmm. he's pro- he may be involved. And that's where the drinking's coming from. Is exactly. She wants to support him, but also she knows it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So Ted calls her the next day from Colorado and is all peppy about being in a library at a desk in this beautiful prison that he's not just in a cell. And Liz says she has a headache and she has to work and hangs up on him. And he calls back and tells her to read the book Papillon. Because it's about somebody that was set up mm-hmm. and went through the process to like prove that he was innocent. Like it happen, which of makes course. you feel bad for those people, but this was not that. No. And she keeps hanging up and he keeps calling her back and he says he wishes that they never lose hope. And Colorado does not have him well restrained. They're treating him with a lot of respect, but it's like too much. He's still... We're from Colorado and we done fucked up. Yeah. Like, it's... They just, like, let him have full reins of the, the prison. Like, he really did have a full-ass office with a library and mm-hmm. things like that. And it's a lot of opportunity for him to think about things mm-hmm. and plan for things. And at pretrial, they say that he will go on full trial for murder and they want the death penalty. And he's real mad at his attorney. And then as he's, like, reeling, you see him catch sight of an open window in the library next to the courtroom he's in. And that night he calls Liz and begs her to come to his trial and she says she can't do another trial because he's already been through this for kidnapping. And I mean, this is not the first go around here. This movie makes you because you're even though you know what Ted Bundy did in real life, you honestly are sitting there going, escape. The window's open. You can do it. Go now. Go now. Like Mm -hmm. you're rooting for him, even though you know he's going to go out there and murder more people. Yeah, because let's just say you didn't know this. The movie sets it up. Like, take all that knowledge away. Mm-hmm. The movie sets it up as if he's an innocent. Yeah. So Liz has stopped answering his calls completely. Mm-hmm. He's not eating. He's, like, jumping off shit in his cell. Exercise. I mean, he's got something going on. A news crew is interviewing him, and he's got, like, a full-on beard, and he's maintaining his innocence. He looks fucking exactly like the real tapes of this interview. And it's real dialogue, yeah. And the looks he's giving, like, the stares are fucking perfect. Zach Efron had to watch all over of these things again. over and over and over and over he and over really and he nailed it. Ca- he did a true on character study of this dude. Yeah, definitely. In the courthouse, they are going through stuff and they recess and he says he needs to make a phone call and he's not actually on the phone, but he acts like he's calling Liz and the cop that's watching him walks away to flirt with a girl that had been in the peanut gallery, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ted makes it out the window. And he runs away. And the lady walking her dog is just like. Because he, he drops from an upper story. Yeah. And the cop realizes that he's gone. And then the cop, of course, pursues him. And he he's not bearded anymore. So he did this interview with this beard. And then he shaved it. So mm-hmm. it'd be hard to recognize him. Yep. And he does such a good job swapping his clothes. Now he yes. looks like a hippie. Yeah. And he's slinking around the town mm-hmm. just trying to get away. And then it cuts to Liz and the same friend who's a good ass friend. And mm-hmm. her friend tells her that she's straight up in denial. Yeah. She's like, you are not dealing with this situation. Cut to Ted being recaptured. And Liz does go to visit him. And he gives her the Papillon book. And he says he broke out because she stopped answering his calls and she needed to get back to her. So he puts the guilt on her once again. Exactly. She's gaslighting. <laughs> she mm-hmm. tells him his lawyer called and his appeal was denied in Utah and he's facing 15 years in Utah. She says she can't do this anymore and he's begging her not to leave him. And he starts crying and she gives him a drawing from her daughter. But that was their daughter mm-hmm. at a point, And he hangs it in his cell above his bed. And so it really does 
make him not look like a monster, make him not look like a psychopath because yeah. he's got this drawing that he's just staring at. But really, it's more of like a he's creating an empathetic character. Mm-hmm. And also he's using it as like, I got to get out. Like, this and, is a reminder of the yeah. outside world. And then the guards look at him as just this nice little guy, which is how he got away the first time. The exactly. guards didn't think he was any threat. So he got out the window. Yep. He sees a small hole in the ceiling of his cell. It's like ductwork or something like that. It's a light. And he That's thinks right. he can get into the light. Yeah. And he's just staring at it. And then there's a montage of Ted trying to figure out how to get out of this light mm-hmm. in his ceiling. And he's able to move like a tile around. Like he just kind of he makes whittles away saw. at it. Yeah. And he gets up and into the ceiling. Someone calls Liz and tells her to turn on the TV. And she sees that he's escaped again. And the police come by, and it's Detective Fisher from Colorado. And he tells her he must notify her if Ted calls. And he gives her a case file, a case file, and tells her sooner or later she will have to confront the truth. And he says for everyone's sake, he hopes it's soon. And now we're in Florida two weeks later, and he's got a mustache. And he's partying. Yeah, he's back in a college scene. He's mm-hmm. in his comfort zone. Talking about being a law student. Yep. He's in a bar flirting with women, being charming, and an FSU murder report comes on Mm -hmm. a man slipped into a sorority house and killed two women and then it cuts to ted being pulled over and something that he did in real life that is so frustrating is he just got the same car over and over and over and over he never changed it up no it was easy to find him exactly i mean not easy to find him because he state hopped but the fact that he state hopped in the 70s where there's not all these digital devices to track and still got caught because he didn't change it up enough because you know he he's arrogant Mm-hmm. He's a That's narcissist. He's a psychopath. They yeah. think they're never going to Ted punches the cop and he runs. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to Liz and her friend and Molly playing cards. And she's smiling for the first time in a lot of scenes. It's yeah. been a while. And Liz gets a call from Ted that says he's in Florida in custody. Ted says it's going to be bad when it breaks. Real bad. But he still maintains to her that he is innocent. And then Ted talks to the press and says he's been kept in isolation and has been kept in place of like this is the if you look at the real audio he's pissed and he's saying that they're keeping them him away from the press on purpose and Mm -hmm. they're putting him in isolation and doing all these horrible things to him again to continue to create that empathetic character yes and also getting his face on the networks people see that he is an attractive white man like that's how he gets he has fans yeah he has women that think they are in love with him and that he couldn't have done these things that just have never met him before yep And cut to Liz ignoring his calls and drinking a lot. Since she's not answering, Ted calls Carol Ann. So he's run out of his Liz lifeline here. What's his next one? Mm -hmm. She comes to visit him. And he says they're using him as a plot and he's being used for political gain. He says, I am more popular than Disney World. Carol Ann fucking moves to Florida. Moves to Florida for him. And then it cuts to Liz at work. And Haley Joel Osment is in this. He's the kid from The Sixth Sense. And he has been, like, really nice to her at work and brings – she's not going to work because she's drinking, depressed, shocked. Her whole life has fallen apart. How do you? Take a number. You know, what – which issue is she not getting out of bed for today? And Also, this cop gave her a file of something that happened to some girl. And maybe she's read it at this point. Yeah, exactly. And – he brings her soup, which is really sweet, and she invites him in, and he's just being really nice to her and very sympathetic. And it cuts to Ted's legal counsel. They come in and say that if he pleads guilty, he'll get life and he won't get the death penalty. 
It'll be the first nationally televised court case in history. He tells Carol Ann his own lawyers are against him. Carol Ann said she's, she will get his story out to the press, and Carol Ann basically says she's been following him to be there for him. So I think it is the car, you know, that's been exactly. following him. Ted says the trial could get ugly, and she says she doesn't care about what people say. Mr. Simpson is the prosecutor in this trial, which is Jim Parsons, yes. who is Sheldon in the Big Bang Theory, if you've watched that. He's so good. Yes. In this role, so good. And he is gunning for mm-hmm. Ted Bundy. July 8th, 1979. Ted is even making the courtroom laugh. Like, he's just being so charming and sweet-talking and funny. John um, Malkovich is the, lawyer, is the judge. Yes. Love him. Yes. So much. Liz is at home watching this trial, and Simpson is so good at opening and describing the crimes that it's like, mm-hmm. imagine being on that jury and having to hear that. Yeah. Just the way he described it, much less actual photos yeah. of evidence. There are so many women there because they think he's cute and they love him. And then Carol is making statements to the media using Ted's words. So he's media coaching yeah. her because yeah. they won't let him go in front of the media. So he said, Caroline, this is exactly what you say. Yep. In court. So manipulative. Yes. In court, Ted gets mad at his defense attorney for not objecting to something, so he gets up and starts objecting, and he starts moving to strike evidence, and the judge upholds a sustained Mm -hmm. objection, so he's getting traction as his own defense as well. Cut to him calling Liz and her being cuddled up to Haley Joel Osment, (laughs) and so she's kind of, she's not moved on, but she's found somebody that is going to be there for her, Mm -hmm. even if she can't fully commit right now. Yeah. And I think he knows that, because he's watching this. He, she... He has to know that that was her fiance. Like, yeah. And he calls her and he unplugs Liz's phone. Which I love. Mm-hmm. I know she gets pissed later, but yeah. love. Cut to the courtroom again and he's being mad at the judge for being mistreated in custody. Don't you wave your finger at me. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Because that actually was that real dialogue. Happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Liz is watching and kind of smiling at the TV because he's kind of getting his way about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And... Her new man is looking at her, and she can t- he can tell that she still is so infatuated mm-hmm. and in love with him. And Ted's mom comes to visit him in prison. And so Carol Ann and his mother come into his prison cell and try to convince him to take the plea so the death sentence is off the table. He says he will consider it. And he gets so mad at Carol Ann for bringing his mom into it. She says she was just trying to help, and she loves him, and she doesn't. she's really scared, and mm-hmm. she doesn't trust the jury. Cut to the courtroom. And his attorney says it's the right thing to do is to because so you think he's going to stand up and take the plea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He stands up in court and calls his defense attorney out for being shitty defense attorneys and he moves to take over his chief counsel. They bring up which he wins. Yep. And then they bring up dental records and photographs and they have a doctor testify that it was definitely Ted's teeth that made the bite mark on the victim's body. Mm -hmm. So he's just biting skin off of him. Which I love what that. Uh, not prosecutor. Was it a prosecutor that came in and actually took the dental stuff? Whatever. Whatever he said, where he said, Washington lost track of you, Colorado let you like, let you go, lost you, and we're going to kill you or something. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And people are cheering for Ted Bundy as he's arguing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the, the judge is like, y'all need to chill the fuck out. This is a fucking courtroom. Ted calls Liz and her new man picks up. And he says, you can't call her anymore and you are killing her. Ted pays a guard off to fuck Carol Ann. Yeah. Which is gross. Which is the only crude-ish It really is, yeah. It was great. Like, there was, I mean, we're talking about Ted Bundy, who was a necrophiliac and, you know, murdered people. We don't see anything bad or gross. This is the only scene. And it's real quick. Afterwards, Carol Ann says, do you still love her? 
And then she starts sobbing and says she's stupid. But then Ted says he should have married her. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he says, after this, we're going to get a house in the sound with a dog. The Can you hear him barking? The same fucking shit. script. And then she goes, I'm allergic to dogs. And he's got to change it up. Yeah. Ted puts Carol Ann on the stand and asks if his tooth was chipped previously. And she says no. He asks her to marry him on the stand in front of the court. And he says he marries her as well as it there because it constitutes a legal marriage in Florida as long as it is in front of a judge. Mm-hmm. Which he is right. So now she doesn't have to testify against him. Yep. And now he is married. Liz is mad. So it cuts back to Liz. And she's mad at him, her new man, for unplugging the phones and says that... She says that he's mad because her and Ted have a bond that they could never. And she yells at him to get out, but he doesn't. And she eventually just gives in and just starts crying into him. And that's a good man. Mm-hmm. He knows that this is far beyond anything a person should have to deal with. And she just doesn't know how. Well, I mean, he's basically brainwashed her. This is basically like one cult member. Exactly. Exactly. She admits to him that she was the one that gave his name to the police back when the girls disappeared from the lake in Washington. Which I love. Yeah. And also still irritates me. Like, I know that they had so many leads that it was hard to track all of those. But when someone says, my significant other, I think did this, he comes home and he has, you know, fake casts. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. When someone's, like, love interest says that shit, I think you really should put it on the top of the list. High priority. Yeah, because they don't want to know that. Yes. Cut to the courthouse closing arguments. And then it cuts to the media interviewing him in his jail cell. And then... They get the verdict after seven hours, Mm -hmm. seven hours of deliberation. Carol Ann, right before they go out, tells Ted she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then he says, let's go finish this thing. And he gets guilty verdicts for all counts. (laughs) Liz is at home crying. Cut to Ted's mom on the stand saying he shouldn't get the death penalty. So now it's, why shouldn't she get the death penalty? We've, you're guilty. Why shouldn't we kill you? Yep. Cut to Liz throwing away all her alcohol and her friend and her boyfriend are being very supportive, you know, and helping her transition into this new life because Mm -hmm. this is it. He was a killer. It's done. So now how do you live? How do you move on? The judge sentences him to the electric chair. And Ted even maintains in his final courthouse address that he's innocent. And I just wrote here, Zac Efron is so fucking good in this. Like I, so good. And it zooms in on his face as he starts to cry and the judge says... He was a total waste of humanity because he had so much potential to be such a good person. Cut to 10 years later. Liz has a new job and she's doing very well. And she gets a letter from Ted or is just not reading it. I don't remember which. And then it is Florida, 1989. And the media crews are flocking to the Florida prison the day before his execution. People are literally tailgating this execution. Yes. They're partying. They've got signs. And of course, he just he killed college students women children he killed children and liz goes to see him and this is the scene from the beginning so it's all come full circle he tells her she's wearing a beautiful ring and it's her engagement or wedding ring and he she ended up marrying the Mm -hmm. guy and it cuts back to the night they met and he tells her the love he had for her was never a lie she tells him she was the one that gave his name to the police she used to think she ruined his life and she carried a lot of guilt that she's to blame for everything that's happened to him And she says she could have helped save some of those girls as well. So she's got so much guilt about this. Yeah, I bet. Ted is still maintaining his innocence to her, but he admits he's telling detectives just what they want to hear Mm -hmm. to make them happy. So Liz is pushing him and pushing him, and he loses it when she brings up the 12-year-old that he killed. Mm -hmm. And she says, did you ever want to do those things to me? 
And then she begs him to tell her the truth, and he won't. Mm -hmm. She gets crime scene photos out that my, the detective Fisher gave her and asks, what happened to her head? Ted says, because her head's gone. Yeah. Ted says it was animals, and she said, animals don't do that. And then Ted starts crying. And when Liz says again, what happened to her head? The glass is getting kind of foggy between mm -hmm. them. And he writes with his finger, hacksaw. And she fucking leaves. Yep. Not a, another word. She's out. out. And that's because it's going to go away. And he wipes it away. Yep. So he still. She knows, but no one else does. He does her that service. Mm-hmm. Detective Fisher comes in and says, let's begin. And then you see a line of officials, police, yes. detectives, FBI agents. Because there's so many. Missing. States, cities, counties that are have these missing women that they need closed. And he's getting ready to die. You're mm -hmm. going to lose it. Yep. And this beautiful operatic music starts, but it's also very sad and somber because she's just crying and running down the hall, reminiscing on their life together. And I can't imagine how hard that would be. Mm -hmm. I mean, she did love him so much. Like, breakups are hard enough, but yeah. a serial killer? <laughs> she goes out to her daughter and husband waiting in the car, and sh they hug her, you know, and they're very supportive. Mm -hmm. And she says she's okay, and they leave. And then the movie ends. And you do get some end text that says he confessed to over 30 murders, but they believe it as much more. And then the movie ends with the name of the victims. Yeah. That we know of. Exactly. We don't know of them all. I loved this movie. This is getting a 5 out of 5 for me. Absolute freaking lutely. 5 out of 5. We'll watch this again many amazing. times. Yeah. Zach Efron has definitely proven that he's not just a pretty face. Absolutely. He's really good. And he's not a typecast. He can do no. any role that you put him in. Mm -hmm. And I think that he should get more of those drama, yes. serious roles. And I think we'll see that now from him. Absolutely. Now that he's done this, Netflix at least gave him an opportunity to do something. Let's do it. Yep, exactly. So thanks for hanging out with us for this fifth hype episode. We hope you enjoyed the movie as well as the episode. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Exorcisters Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at The Exorcisters. And if you have any, we have a couple things. If you have any stories of like haunted dolls or artifacts, mm -hmm. hand-me-downs. We got that coming up. Also, if you have any alien stories, UFO stories from you, your yes. family, your beliefs, anything like that about aliens, extraterrestrials, Email us, theexorcisters at gmail.com, because we are working on another happy hour that we are excited to share. Yes. Until then, stay creepy. <laughs> <laughs>